The reading today is from Galatians chapter 5, um, verses 1 to 12, and it's on page 1171 in the Pew Bibles. Freedom in Christ. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is required to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith, expressing itself through love. You are running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators... I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Let's pray before we... Father, I want to thank you for the gift of faith that you have placed in each one of us this morning. And actually, you know what that is in each one of us. Father, set us free through your liberating love to live out the inheritance that you have placed within us. Come amongst us. And this morning where we're bound, where we're struggling, and actually we need you to set us free. Release us, we pray. And help us release other people too. In Jesus' name. Amen. Actually, just before I begin, I wasn't going to ask this, but... Um, in any kind of your understanding of what you know of Christianity and think about Christianity, how many here, just out of interest, this is just not, this isn't a test, it's just of interest, would, would say that the issue of freedom is really, really significant? Just if you could wave your hand. Okay, thank you. Great, thank you. 
Okay, well, we're going to, I'm not going to go into the passion in detail. I'm not going to go through verse 12 and spend forever talking about why we should emasculate ourselves uh, when it all goes bad, when we've got it completely wrong. You'll be relieved to hear. Uh, but I am going to just touch on the issue of freedom. A decade or so ago, uh, there was a really well-known film that came out called 12 Years a Slave. And actually, it's a film that realistically depicts the absolute horror of slavery in the US. The film is, in some ways, a very a more sort of modernized version of what Schindler's List did for those who are slightly older and a bit like me. And if you've, any of you remember that and saw it, the portrayal, both in 12 Years a Slave, but also in Schindler's List, is the incredible, incredible suffering and the ability, our ability to dehumanize people, to treat people as things, and degrade each other. And having that in your face in this film and in some other films is incredible, incredibly powerful. But if you're looking for light entertainment, it's not your film. The film is about someone called Solomon Northup, who was a skilled carpenter and a violinist. He was a free black man who was actually, while he was free, he was approached by two circus promoters. Then they offered him a really high-paying job. He didn't have lots of money. And he thought, actually, this sounds great. So without telling his wife that he was going to take this job, he travelled with these strangers from New York, where he lived, actually, to Washington. And soon after he arrived um, in Washington, he awoke to find himself that in the time he'd been asleep, he'd actually been drugged, I was now chained in a slave pen. When Solomon argues with the people who have enslaved him, trying to explain to them that actually he is a free man, he is beaten within an inch of his life and warned never to mention the fact that his life is free ever again if he's going to stay in New York. Firstly, he was sold to a somewhat decent slave owner, and then after that, he was then sold on to someone called Edwin Epps, who was a notoriously cruel and brutal plantation owner. Solomon Northup spent 12 years a slave. Finally, in this slave-owning plantation, a, a kind of white salesman um, came called Samuel Bass, who was an abolitionist from Canada, and he happened to be visiting the farm where Northup was. And Solomon, for the first time, disclosed to Bass what his real identity was. When Bass left the plantation, he approached Solomon's family, who then contacted the governor of New York, and eventually he was set free. It's an extraordinary story of slavery and freedom that is a true story. It's a real story of a real person and all that they endured and went through. Now, I know we've talked in previous times about this time of the year about slavery and that actually that still in 2023 that it may be a surprise to you that it still exists. It's a very real issue. The slavery organizations like IGM say that over 40 million women, men and children are slaves today around the world. Some are sold for sex, some forced into brick kilns, some into quarries and fishing fleets, all without pay. And all of them are abused, mistreated, 
and subject to terrible, terrible violence. It's real. It may not be on our doorstep in the way that it, it, it is in other parts of the world like that. And the issue of freedom continues to be something that people care about, we care about. And for us, it has particular resonance in the city of Bath that has massively profited in the past from the transatlantic slave trade, as well as for St. Swithin's, where actually we have both slave traders and abolitionists. Famously, William Wilberforce was married here as part of our church history. Kind of freedom matters. Freedom matters. And actually, throughout this, the biblical story, the idea and the kind of the uh, theme of freedom flows through the Bible. What it means to be enslaved and what it means to be free. The great event of the Old Testament, as we know, we just we looked at it a few years ago, is the Exodus, God setting the people of Israel free from cruel bondage in Egypt. In fact, as many people would say as they write, and also for us, we say one of the best ways of understanding what the Bible means by its teaching when we say that Jesus saves is to retranslate it as Jesus sets us free. Jesus sets us free. Let me say it again. Jesus sets us free. What did Jesus say he came to do right at the beginning of his ministry, right in the Gospels in Luke 4 that many of us will know quite well? He said this, he stood up and he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And Jesus, right at the beginning of his ministry, is proclaiming and announcing that true freedom is only found by coming to him and through him. It's an incredibly bold claim that it's Jesus who is the source of all eternal freedom, all sense of freedom. We went uh, a number of years ago as well through the book of Galatians, which is a book that's full of freedom. And Mike read it uh, beautifully this morning. And I'm actually, I'm not going to go through verse by verse, but just simply look at verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You know, for many of us uh, who've been Christians a long time, as I was rereading this this morning, you have been set free and you know you've experienced that. But the picture Joe used of the temptation of to pick it all back up again may be something you're really struggling with. But actually, God has given you an inheritance of freedom. It is yours. It is mine. But actually, we maybe need to come again and to relay a whole load of stuff down that's actually got and covered us. See, the Bible paints a picture of humanity that is not free without Christ. It talks about being enslaved spiritually, socially, psychologically, and emotionally. We are bound by guilt and shame, and gloriously Jesus comes into that picture, into the messiness of that picture, the muckiness of that picture, the dirtiness of that picture, the frustration of that picture, the disappointment of that picture, of living in the real world when real bad stuff happens to real people. 
in all its human forms. Jesus comes right there into the middle of it and comes to set us free. And all of us this morning, probably deep down, know that we want and need freedom, but sometimes it can prove elusive. As a culture, it's been said by many social commentators that as a culture we talk about freedom a huge amount. But actually what it essentially means is we want to be free from constraints or restraints so we can actually enable us to self-determine, to determine the course of our life, to make all our choices, to go our own way. Freedom to do what we want to do, when we want to do it, with who we want to do it, and how we want to do it. And of course that seems incredibly attractive. If this morning you're sat here thinking about all the people who are stopping you living the life you feel you're called to, you'll sit there and say, yes, 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 that's it. That's what I need. I feel captive. I feel emotionally captive. I feel mentally captive. I feel physically captive. I need freedom. But we also know that all that freedom to do it our own way also leads to a different type of captivity. Without doing too much politics... You know, the issues around our kind of culture of kind of devolution, of Brexit, of the breakdown of families, of human rights issues, of our, the, the kind of pandemic of loneliness that's been declared, show that actually this kind of idea of being our own king, our own ruler, of trying to extract ourselves from all the bad stuff, all the bad people, leads to a different type of captivity. And the life that God promises, a life full of the Spirit, a life full of Jesus, a life full of joy, peace, love, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Self-control. It proves elusive because we try and do it without the Spirit of God. But Jesus comes to us. And a few years ago, I think I put this picture up in church. And just look at it for a minute. I know it's ridiculous. It's from Gulliver's Travels. But I wonder whether you identify with it this morning. Is that how you feel? Actually, there are so many constraints around your life. Other people, your own, that you actually feel like you can't move. You feel stuck. I wonder whether that resonates with anybody this morning. This week I was at the licensing of the new Bar Spa chaplain. And as I listened to the welcome that was given to the uh, chaplain up at the university, there was such a longing and an expectation in a kind of that sort of academic circle in universities that we would all find our place in the world that actually we can find freedom ourselves. It just need the dice need to roll our way. That's all it takes. That we can determine it ourselves by simply by ourselves. And actually, that's not badly intended. But really, is that your experience? The experience of the people you're with and of yourself? Spend a moment or... Um, talk to some of your friends or people you know really well and have some honest conversations. And you'll recognize in an honest conversation, actually, that longing for freedom is very real. 
but also difficult. And so whether it's that classic image that Joe played with, with Pilgrim, that we talked about last week at Bath Eastern, of just simply just carrying too many things on our shoulders. Do you know, just weighed down with our stuff that we won't let go of, actually with other people's stuff as well, who put stuff on us, and then we take it, And we just found ourselves gradually, gradually, gradually getting more hunched. Literally carrying other people, other things, our own expectations on our shoulders. So this morning I wonder what you would like to be free from. Forget what I say this morning, in a sense. What's going on in you? As you start to, at the end of this little preach, I'm just going to leave some quiet for a bit of time. Where are you longing for freedom? What struggle, wrestle, difficulty consumes your life and you'd really like to get free of it? You know, it might be addictions. It might be ill health. It might be self-obsession, it might be a whole lot of decisions you've made in, your, in the past that you think have now cursed your life and you now can't find the life you long for and you think God longs for you it might be damage relationships have done to you and you're literally just broken and the question is this, will you, will you allow God into that will you trust God open up that part of your life and say, Lord, will you, will you come? Come into this particular part and help me. Bring freedom, Lord. Galatians is a book we looked at, as I've said, and it's a book that's full of freedom. But a few other places in Galatians, and actually it's so wide-ranging the sense of freedom that is ours in Christ, it's not just about personal freedom, it's about freedom in our community, freedom for the world, freedom for all sorts of things. And that somehow in the miracle of Jesus' life and his death, his resurrection and his ascension and the release of the Holy Spirit, that actually that sense of the freedom, the free life that God has intended for us becomes open for us. It becomes part of our inheritance being released from fear of the future, fear of ill health, fear of being condemned, because actually you know before God, as you stand before a holy God, a pure God, where you think, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. You can't, but in and through Christ, there is no condemnation. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I know for me, in living in a kind of a full life, in a place like Bath that seems so attractive, actually it's re- it can be really difficult and you find yourself consumed by your own desires and you realise God somehow has come off the throne of your life, as Joe talked a few weeks ago, in that kind of sense of driving the car. And you're heading down cul-de-sacs again of your own making. In that famous verse in Deuteronomy, I stand at the crossroads. You know, there's a, there's a challenging word in me this morning as I was reading the Bible this morning. You know, God disciplines those he loves. 
God does discipline those he loves. He longs for you to fulfill what God has placed on your life. And actually, he's done that in my life and continues to do that in my life. Sometimes that happens in all sorts of different ways. But as we allow God to get to work and ask him, we've got to be prepared to see maybe some rearranging in our life to bring the freedom that he wants for our life. But it's, it's risky. You've got to choose to trust. You know, we can be set free from guilt and shame on yesterday's mistakes or yesterday's omissions, from the damage that others have caused to us and we've caused to others. The cross of Christ is a full and sufficient work. Jesus has come to set us free. Body broken, blood shed. It's what we celebrate in communion. So this morning, we don't have to live with all the brokenness of something the world. Yes, we live in a world that's imperfect, but in Christ, as we invite him into the very center of our lives, we don't have to live with bitterness, with being bound and bewildered all the time. We come to a God in Christ, in the power of the Spirit, who comes to set us free. And part of the reason for asking you the question that I asked at the beginning, for a number of you who put up and said, actually, freedom is a a central issue in my life is this, if God has started to do something glorious in your life, if he has set you free for eternity and then he's continuing to do that, we need to continue with that. Not to give up on the God who continues to move and work and longs to work by his spirit. Not just in freeing us, but also helping other people find freedom. It's not just about ourselves, it's our ability then to bless others with what God has blessed us with. There's power in the story. You may think your mistakes have kind of stopped you receiving all God wants you, but actually if you open your whole life to him, it can be an amazing power to then release others as well as for yourself, obviously. Galatians 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not... Uh, do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. You know, the great adventure of turning to Christ is also turning away from all the other things that would attempt to try and bring that freedom from self-help. No set of rules is going to enable us to find the, cre- the, the freedom Christ brings. And of course, there's an attractiveness to trying to find help in all sorts of legalism. It looks simpler. It looks more straightforward. It looks less complex. It seems safer, maybe. But does it really lead to the freedom that Christ longs for us? Christ promises to bring us freedom from a load of things, but then he also promises to be free for some things. Ephesians, one of Paul's other letters, uh, describes us as Christ's handiwork. We are God's handiwork, creating advanced to do good works through Christ and the Spirit. Michael Ramsey, the ex-Archbishop uh, of Canterbury, famously said this in one of the books he wrote. He said, we know that we want to be free, free from. We know what we want to free men from, from all oppression and darkness and abuse and all those other things. But do we know what we want to be free for? What has God liberated us for? 
It's wonderful to discover, to begin to discover, to see the life of God open up ahead of you as you realize this life that God has started in Christ. Also opens a new life of purpose and beauty and majesty that has good plans even in suffering and darkness that has all sorts of twists and turns. It's not just a simple direct line. Anybody who will tell their story and Roger stood up last week and shared some of his story. And still going. It's a story that's still going through ups and downs. But a new future with Christ opens up to us. The Westminster Catechism, something that I think is really, really important, celebrate what is the chief end of humankind? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's what we're made for. His glory, his splendor, his majesty. And to enjoy that, that's what God made us for. We weren't made for ourselves. And that's the place where we find the abundant life, love and joy of a heart that's healed by a God who is able to touch the areas of life that humanly we can't fix on our own. And of course, I know and can say itself, is that only in Christ do I find the power and the strength kind of to to change direction from a life that becomes more self-absorbed or self-interested to kind of think, well, the world isn't going to give me what I want. So I better do it myself. Can't trust God to provide. So I better get on and do it. This morning, where are you with trusting God for your future? You may think most of my Tim, most of my life is in the past, but actually you're here this morning and God has good plans for you in the next week in the next days, in the next month. Will you trust him? We do live at a time, we live in a season, we live at a particular moment in history where it's really interesting in the West where there's a real longing for righteousness. We're longing for a world in which people will treat us with love, with care, with tenderness, We long for a world without sexism, without racism, without abuse of power. But what we turn to again and again and again is legalism. Just change the sets of rules and that will do it. We want to structure the world on the outside but not actually deal with the heart of the issue. And God promises to set our hearts free and it starts with us. That's why Jesus came, to see his whole creation redeemed, and he's come, and he's come to us. That's why, we find that, that's why it's so important for us to find the source of love, the source of power, the radical, lasting change. God has come to set his people free. Will you receive him today? So I'm going to start, as we just finish our brief, I'm just going to have some quiet I'm just going to encourage you in the quiet to get into conversation with God. That's all prayer is. I mean, it's a lot more than that as well, but if you actually know this stuff that's really binding you or holding you back, then actually just take it to God. 
Maybe this morning, actually, you haven't got lots of words. You just need to ask for God's help. You may sort of echo the William Wallace cry in the film The Brave Heart, which is just simply say, freedom, that's what I want. But I don't, words, I just can't find the words. William Wilberforce said there were three things were necessary to destroy slavery. One is an awareness. Secondly, is prayer. Actually, for him, thirdly, it was money, giving to the cause of abolishing slavery. And the thing this morning is that I want to say and to um, say clearly, freedom is our business. It's the church's business. We should be confident in this stuff, in a sense. This is our inheritance. It's not a side issue. God has come into this world in and through Christ, not to bind, not to break, to break down, but to liberate and bring back to life. Father, I want to thank you this morning for your extraordinary grace to us. That you come to us in compassion and understanding. You know how we work far better than ourselves. Bring revelation this morning to the issues in our lives that we're really struggling with. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you come and minister your grace? Bring strength to the weary. Father, thank you that we can sit here this morning because of Jesus. That is by grace, through faith, in Christ alone. That we can sit here forgiven, fully acceptable. and welcomed by you. Father, we continue to invite you into the centre of this community, in the centre of this, your church. Father, come afresh, and particularly, I pray, would you liberate us from any of the past that uh, we're trying to hold on to, 
that prevents us receiving your manner for today. Things people have done to us, things we've done to others. Set us free, Jesus, in your precious name. We lay it afresh at the cross of Jesus, which is sufficient for all our sin, all darkness, all evil. We take it to the cross of Jesus and leave it there. We're sorry, Lord, when we feel weak and want to pick it up again. Forgive us. thank you that we can sing of your goodness sing of your faithfulness sing as people whose past has been put behind us we can receive your embrace but Father I pray I pray too that you would put your finger on anything that maybe we haven't dealt with this morning And we take that to the cross of Jesus and say we're sorry, Lord. Sorry for falling into self-pity. Sorry for trying to do life in my own strength. Sorry that I've been proud, slow to come to you. Forgive us, Father. Wash away our iniquity. Cleanse us from our sin. Against you, you only have we sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And Father, I pray too for us as we go from here and go into our weeks that you would help those of us who it's really important to, to show how to keep free. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to live. And we offer our hearts afresh to you this morning. Soften our hearts, Lord, again to you. For your amazing grace is just so magnificent to bear. In Jesus' name. Amen.